Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast. I've got my dad back with me. He's been on. Uh, dad, I haven't told you this yet, but you are a uh, popular guy. I've gotten many text messages anytime that you've been on that said, uh, we like we like your program, like it when your dad's on. So <laughs> uh, so that's why you're back. They keep, they keep calling for you. Um, our friend Tim, who was a uh, New England fan when it was convenient and a New Orleans fan when it was convenient, He's now a Tampa fan, apparently, um, but he he listens when you're on as well. So shout out to Tim, thanks for listening. And uh, back by popular demand, my dad Dale Stover's back on with us today as well. Today's uh, podcast is brought to you by Blue Coolers, and uh, Blue Coolers they have a 55 quart wheeled cooler. This is their best selling cooler, and uh, they have a five star rating on this cooler. And uh, really been a, a huge hit for Blue Cooler since they launched it in early 2020. And so it is a 55-quart ice vault series and offers industry-leading value while still boasting best-in-class durability and up to 10 days ice retention. So I mean, I'm talking, that's quite the cooler right there. And I will put a link to the Blue Coolers on the podcast notes, people can go and click on that link. If you'll use that link, we'd certainly appreciate it because it lets them know that you heard about them here. And we thank everyone who, is, who has been so kind and went to Blue Coolers through our links as well as Skull Candy through our links. Uh, they are seeing the results of that. And so we appreciate you using those links. Uh, Skull Candy also sponsors the podcast and we'll put a link for them as well. They provide wireless earbuds, true wireless earbuds. Uh, it's great sound quality. They also have speakers and headphones as well. So make sure you click on the links for Blue Coolers and for Skull Candy and uh, go out and get yourself a pair pair of earbuds or a brand new cooler. Valentine's Day is coming up. And uh, so if you have a Valentine that likes to go outdoors and do things, the Blue Coolers are a great gift. 
And uh, if your Valentine likes to listen to music or, you know, the Sports Dope podcast, you can buy them some Skull Candy headphones uh, there as well. Um, and if you are buying a gift for a lady, you might consider some flowers. But uh, we don't have any flower sponsors, so we'll stick with those things right now. All right, Dad, this week coming up is the Super Bowl uh, on Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, they are visiting the home field of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa hosting the Super Bowl this year, first team to ever do that. And uh, I'll just I'll just start with you. What do you think about the Super Bowl, the game coming up, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Andy Reid, Bruce Arians? I know you don't like Bruce Arians, but uh, everything going on with Tampa and Kansas City, what, what are you thinking about this Super Bowl weekend? Well, it's very interesting because obviously first time a home team has been in it, and then you got the team coming back from last year, working the two in a row. Been interesting with Kansas City because at the end of the Super Bowl last year, seemed like all you heard in the offseason was they have a dynasty. Uh, they won't be challenged for several years. And during the year, it looked like, well, they were very vulnerable, uh, but they've really risen up here in the playoffs. So I think Kansas City you know, will win. Um, I, again, I think Andy Reid will be a, a, big, a big point of that. Um, I think it could get away from Tampa because um, Kansas City has been able to roll on people. On the other hand, uh, Tampa Bay has very good defense. Uh, so they, if they can keep Mahomes in check, and of course, if it gets down to the end uh, within one score, you know, you got Tom Brady, anything, anything could happen, even though Kansas City has proved they can play tough um, during the challenge also in the end. So uh, it could be a really good football game. Uh, it's definitely interesting hyping up toward it because of the two quarterbacks. Um, whether the game will live up, you know, to the hype or not, you know, not a lot of Super Bowls have. Don't know that this one will. But, um, again, great, great players, great teams that are in it. So, Yeah, I mean, you look at – you got Tom Brady who – when you think dynasty, Tom Brady usually comes to mind just from this time in New England and all the Super Bowl appearances along with the wins that Tom Brady has had. Patrick Mahomes, this, uh, you think about two years ago, the Chiefs were beating the Patriots and uh, the the defensive end or rush linebacker jumped off sides there late in the fourth quarter. And had he not done that, Kansas City probably would have been in the Super Bowl two years ago. And uh, then last year, and now this year, it could have been three years in a row for them. Of course, it's not. It's just two years in a row. And you have the battle of the young, uh, what could possibly be the greatest quarterback of all time if he continues this trajectory that he's on in Patrick Mahomes. And then you've got the, um, what is, it's, I think it's hard to argue against the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, as well. And, uh, you know, Brady's played well this year. He's got 40 touchdowns, the 12 interceptions, over 4,600 yards. That's pretty solid. It's the most yards he's had um, since 2012, and the most uh, or the least, uh, the most interceptions he's had since 2011. Uh, so he threw 12 interceptions, which still isn't bad compared to 40 touchdowns. And uh, the last time he got 40 was in uh, 2007. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, he had a pretty good year too. He had 400, uh, 4,700 yards, and he sat out the whole last game of the season. Uh, he had 38 touchdowns to six interceptions. And both quarterbacks have been pretty good in the playoffs so far this year. Of course, Tom Brady had a down game last week against Green Bay, and still the team was able to win 
three interceptions last week for Tom Brady. Uh, Mahomes has yet to throw an interception this playoffs. Tampa Bay, they averaged 30.8 points a game. Kansas City, 29.6 points a game. And then the defense gives up for Tampa Bay, 23. And for Kansas City, the defense only gives up 20 and a half points. So if you do those numbers, go simply by those numbers, Kansas City would win this game. They're the three-point favorite. And of all the years for a home team to host a Super Bowl, this isn't the year <laughs> because you have a limited fans as it is. And obviously people get tickets from all over the country, but uh, still it's, it, you know, this could have been a, this is probably a bigger deal if the stadium was going to be full as far as having the home field advantage compared to what it is now. What do you think? Do you think that um, being in Tampa, how big of a role does that play in this game for Tampa Bay? Um, I think the biggest thing would just be the preparation. They don't have to travel. Uh, they practice, you know, right across from the stadium all week. Um, again, you know, a lot of fan support and um, they're right there in the middle of it and that'll continue. So I think, you know, honestly, it would come down. I don't think, you know, again, there's not going to be a lot of fans in the stands. So I don't know if that'll be a big deal. Um, I, probably the biggest thing is, again, they, they won't have to travel and hopefully it's been easier for them to, uh, stay safe with the virus. Yeah, and it was uh, Kansas City is not going to I think Saturday uh, down to Tampa, so they've avoided pretty much all the normal Super Bowl media obligations this year because of COVID and everything. So that's a little different as well. And Kansas City, one of the things I've heard a lot of people talk about: well, Tom Brady can keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, and he's very good at that, being patient and having long drives, but. Kansas City has shown they don't need a lot of time to score. It seems like they get the ball and they're they're down the field in four to six plays. And uh, I don't feel like time of possession is as big a deal against Kansas City as it typically is against other great teams and great offenses because Kansas City has that knockout punch that they can seem to hit at any time, at any moment. All of a sudden, boom, there's Tyreek Hill going for 80 yards or there's Sammy Watkins or Hardman or uh, one of the running backs or, you know, something happening. Uh, like that as well. Andy Reid got the the pressure really taken off of him last year after the win. There's a lot of talk about that going into that Super Bowl that Reid couldn't win the Super Bowl, but he was able to do it last year. And so he doesn't have that uh, weighing in on him this year. Mahomes has the experience, really all of Kansas City. For the most part, most of their main role players have all been here before and succeeded here before. Whereas Tampa, you got Tom Brady and you've got Rob Gronkowski, but Mike Evans has never been here. Chris Godwin's not been there. Um, and, uh, you know, they've got some young players, even the running backs and things like that as well. Leonard Fournette almost made it to the Super Bowl when he was with Jacksonville, but nonetheless hasn't been there either. So I think even you're looking at experience. I mean, doesn't Kansas City have the edge with experience on this game? Yes. Yes, I think so. Just like I said, because they have been there. Um, outside of Brady, I mean, Brady has experience in, you know, every area and, of course, in Super Bowls. Apart from that, like you said, the younger guys and even some of the older guys in Tampa uh, have not been there. Now, the fact they're at home, that probably will help with that, too. It'll take the edge a little bit off of, um, you know, being nervous and again, not having to go through all week with media week and things like that. Um, yeah, maybe a help. I heard, I was listening to Ryan Rosillo's podcast and him, and I believe Daryl Johnson was on. And one of the things they brought up was Arians is not known for patience. And um, he has that mentality of trying to kind of get the, the big play 
Whereas Brady understands the importance of slow it down, take your time. And they question whether or not Arians would have the patience uh, that is necessary to win a Super Bowl. And obviously, uh, you and I both are Andy Reid fans, and we we definitely like him. I don't mind Bruce Arians. You don't seem to like him at all. But <laughs> but uh, uh, is the coaching is the coaching uh, advantage heavily to Kansas City? You think in this game? Oh, I, I think so. One, you know, from experience of being at Super Bowls, which Andy Reid's been not only at Kansas City but with other teams, and um, anytime you've been there and had success, uh, there's a lot of things that help, even in the organization. Um, and again, you know, because they do have to travel, uh, but just how to handle all that, um, you know, they're very experienced with it. But I do think the, the, the coaching and the experience should be a help. I think a side note to that would be um, with all the news and all the talk about Eric Bieniemy not getting a head coaching job, there's potential for Kansas City to want to score like 80 points in the Super Bowl <laughs> to prove that the enemy is is uh, a great, great coach, a great offensive mind. And uh, so I think there's potential that Kansas City could score a whole lot of points in the Super Bowl. And I just don't think Tampa is going to be able to keep up with it in the long run. They've got some talented people like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But still, um, I just I think Kansas City might run this this game. But like you said before, when you got Tom Brady involved, um, you don't count your chickens till they hatch. So uh, should be a, hopefully as a, as a decent game to watch, and uh, and and hopefully will be a good time had by all. Let's move on. Let's talk about some things going on in the NFL. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions made a trade this past week. It's Matt Stafford going to LA for Jared Goff and uh, a number of picks: two first round picks and a third round pick, I believe. Uh, for uh, Matt Stafford there. So let's start with this. Who do you think got the better deal, uh, the Rams or the Lions? Uh, I think the Rams definitely should benefit from this. Uh, I think Stafford's a very good quarterback. Uh, he could be a really good fit there with the coach. And, um, you know, he's kind of, again, the fact that they hit on the running back last year, they do have some receivers. Um, and, again, History would say you can draft receivers in the second, third, fourth round that can help you. Um, you know, their defense was really, really good. And um, I think Stafford should, it should be good for him, but it could be very good for the Rams. I think as far as the Lions are concerned, um, again, you know, I don't know how great of organization they are. They do have a new GM. And uh, if they have a plan to build and it's kind of a patient, you know, two or three year plan, then these draft picks will really help. The first round picks obviously is not this year, but it's the next two years. And anytime you have two picks in the first round, it gives you a lot of flexibility. Uh, it can give you very good players. Um, it, but it's one of those things that, you know, in two or three years, it'll say this was a great deal, but that's only if you have a plan and they stick with the plan again. You and I both have questioned a little bit about the coach, how well that's going to work. Um, but again, I think a lot of it is just building um, a good base of players, and this could help them in the future. The third round pick will obviously help this year, um, and we'll see how the draft goes. You know, is Detroit going to be 
uh, better at that, uh, or are they going to jump and go in the free agent market real quick and whatever, you know, with the uh, limited salary cap and stuff that may not be as big a deal this year. Um, but if they've got a, a, a patient built through the draft uh, idea, then um, I think it could end up being a fairly good trade for them too. Jared Goff may be, that may be interesting because I don't know that he has the long-term answer. I don't totally know that he's a short-term answer, um, but he could be. And so they'll have to decide what to do uh, from there. I don't think he's an upgrade over Stafford at all. Um, but um, I, so I don't know how, I'm not sure how much they benefited immediately with it, but um, he is a starting quarterback and he can, you know, he's had success. So uh, he could be, um, he could be adequate there. So I'm going to start with the Lions. Um, I did question uh, the hiring of Campbell as the head coach, and I have been surprised that more people have not outwardly questioned this hire. As a matter of fact, players like um, uh, Calvin Johnson came out and supported the move, um, played with him apparently. I didn't realize that, but they played together briefly. Other former teammates, other people who have been around Campbell have vouched for him and seem to be really excited about the opportunity that he's getting. And that really surprised me that he was getting that much support because I thought it was a crazy hire. They give him a six-year contract, which tends to make you believe that they're going to be willing to be patient with him and that process. Jared Goff, um, you know, it's funny. When we look at it, we would both say the same thing. You already said it. Uh, Stafford is better than Goff, and I, and I think I still agree with that. But um, I've been a Stafford fan, even as a Packer fan. I've always liked Stafford. I've always thought he was a very talented quarterback. He gets a lot of praise. Aaron Rodgers is, uh, praises Matt Stafford as much as anybody. Um, the more I thought about this, though, I thought, well, if Stafford's that great, he should have had more success than he did. Now, I know he didn't have good teams had horrible defenses, had very little run game and run support, but he had Calvin Johnson for a while, and uh, he's only been to the playoffs uh, three times, and he's 0-3 in, in those those efforts. Jared Goff, he's 26 years old, and he's already played six playoff games. He's 3-3, three and three, so he's he's got uh, three, three more wins in the playoffs than Stafford has, and I understand that Goff's teams were better than, than Stafford's teams, but if Stafford is a great quarterback, he would have been to the playoffs more than three times. And I, so I've got it written down that Stafford is a very good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. And I think the fit in L.A. makes sense. I think it's a great pickup for L.A. He is definitely an upgrade over Jared Goff when it comes to talent. Um, and, and I think that Stafford has potential. I think it makes the Rams a contender. I don't think it makes him a lock for the Super Bowl, but I think it makes him a contender for sure. And then I think golf, I think a change of scenery um, and kind of getting out of L.A. I think might be a good thing for Jared Goff. And you already said it. He's had some success. He's got some talent. In his first five seasons, he's thrown for over 18,000 yards, 107 touchdowns, and 55 interceptions. In Stafford's first five seasons as a starter, he threw for over 2,300 yards, 23,000 yards, 144 touchdowns, and 77 interceptions. So golf is a little better when it comes to the touchdown to interception ratio, but outside of that, numbers aren't that much different. I looked it up, though. I was thinking about other quarterbacks that have been in the league kind of around the same time as Matt Stafford uh, that aren't great quarterbacks but have had some success. Andy Dalton, he went to the playoffs four times. 
That's one more time than Matt Stafford. The Bengals have not been good. <laughs> uh, Mark Sanchez, he went to the playoffs and had six playoff games. That's double what Stafford had. And I think we would all agree that Stafford is a better quarterback than Sanchez. And I think, at least I think he's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. Uh, I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. Um, but, I mean, does Stafford make the Rams automatically the favorites next year for the the West or the West, the NFC? Uh, no, I don't think it makes them, the, you know, the guaranteed um, pick for that. But I do think they should be, you know, contenders for their um, for the West. Uh, of course, you have Seattle there, and you know, you never know kind of how that's going to go. I think it depends what the Niners do in the off season here, whether they can rebound. Um, you know, Arizona was a lot of the big part of the year looked like they were going to win, and so they're in a division that's kind of on an uptick, but. Um, I, I think they'll be ranked high. I wouldn't think they're to pick for the NFC. Yeah, I think you hit it. It's The biggest thing is going to have to wait and see what everybody else does because there are a lot of quarterbacks out there right now that are available. And uh, we'll go ahead and move to that right now. I put a uh, poll on Twitter earlier today asking which quarterback would you prefer. So, Dad, I'll ask you this. Sam Darnold, Derek Carr, or Carson Wentz? Which of the, those three quarterbacks would you want? Um, you know, it would depend a little bit, obviously, on my team. Um, All right, let's say let's say that you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, would you want Darnold, Carr, or Wentz? Um, again, I, I think Darnold's got real potential uh, with a change of scenery to grow, and he is younger. And um, I've always liked Carson Wentz uh, and like Derek Carr, so that's a little bit of a of a tough question. Um, but I do think uh, it'd be interesting to see with Darnold where he goes. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right. So on the poll that I put out on Twitter, the winner of the poll was Derek Carr. I'll pull up the exact numbers here uh, and and give them to you. Derek Carr got 49% of the vote. Sam Darnold got 27% of the vote. Carson Wentz was last with 24% of the vote. Derek Carr ran away with the Twitter poll there. Sam Darnold has been reported by Adam Schefter of ESPN that uh, they are seeking a late first-round pick. That's kind of the value that's been given to him right now. So if you're, say, Indianapolis or uh, New England, I mean, is Sam Darnold a guy that you'd say, well, for a a late first-round pick in the 20s maybe, something like that, I mean, why not go for Sam Darnold? He, he seems to have the talent. Um, and if you have a team that has the you know offensive line in front of them and some, you know, New England doesn't have playmakers, but uh, Indianapolis does, um, you know, I don't know. To me, that seems like a good fit from, for Darnold is somewhere like that. Uh, I think that would be true. Indianapolis could be. The thing about the late first round in this draft is going to be there are so many quarterbacks. 
And um, I don't know that they're all going to go in the top 10 or top 15, which means there could be a guy that, you know, your team really likes that's there at 20, 25, whatever the case might be. So, um, you know, when you get to that point, then do you take a chance with Sam Darnold? Do you take a chance with um, a rookie? It really would depend on how high you had that guy picked. But, no, I agree. And I think Indianapolis would be a good possibility for him. I mean, I think he's definitely got, um, you know, potential. Yeah, and, I mean, you're talking about the late first round. You're probably picking between one of these guys or – uh, Mac Jones from Alabama from everything I've seen I've not really started my my draft studying yet but it looks like if anybody's going to drop into the 20s you're looking at probably Mac Jones uh, there and at this point I think I would take Darnold over Mac Jones but I don't know that's a, that's a tough that's a tough go Alabama doesn't have a great record of NFL quarterbacks but uh, more recently, they put out some guys that have been pretty talented as well. Derek Carr, um, I'm a huge Derek Carr fan. Everything that I read from receivers that have played with Derek Carr have spoken highly of him. They, uh, Jason Hirshhorn has reported that Chicago, Indianapolis, New England, and Washington have all reached out already to Vegas um, uh, about a possible trade for Derek Carr. For whatever reason, John Gruden, it seems like, from the very beginning, has not been a Derek Carr fan. Uh, last year, bringing in a Marcus Mariota to be the backup, but uh, it's, it's always been that that thought. And I would say this: if Vegas can trade Carr and somehow get Deshaun Watson, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But outside of getting Deshaun Watson, I don't know why you want to get rid of Derek Carr. He's just had the best season of his career, and uh, I mean, but if I'm Indianapolis or Chicago or New England or Washington, I'd surely say, hey, if it's not too much money, if not too many picks, well, sure, why not? Why wouldn't I take a chance on them? Uh, do you think out of those teams, I know we don't like Chicago, so we don't want them to, to be any good, but um, I mean, I, is there a team that Derek Carr doesn't fit on? Um, no, uh, as I thought about it, two of the teams that seem to make good sense to me would be uh, the Steelers and the Niners. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like he would fit, just personality, just the way it goes. Uh, some of the pieces that he has around him. Uh, again, I think the Niners could be a good job for a lot of people. Um, again, Deshaun Watson, I think the key is where does he go because he would fit in in any of them. I think any team would be glad to get him and would be a very much of an upgrade and be a help. Once he goes somewhere, um, then you will see. I do think Carr has good ability. I think he stayed relatively healthy and, um, yeah, I, I think he, again, a change of scenery um, probably will help him a lot. I think Wentz is staying in Philadelphia this year. I don't I don't think he's going to get moved unless someone calls and just makes a, a crazy good offer to Philadelphia. Uh, Winston, they're saying Jameis Winston's going to end up being the guy in New Orleans. That's what the, the word on the street is right now. And then San Francisco, who's been uh, actively looking at quarterback options, even though they still have Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the big rumor has been Kirk Cousins, um, a trade to San Francisco from Minnesota. And you laugh, and it's funny because there's mixed emotions about that. Some people are like, oh, that would be great. And other people are going, why in the world would you trade for Kirk Cousins? Um, so, But uh, Shanahan was, the, was there when they drafted Cousins in Washington and was always a fan of him there and had some success with Cousins in Washington even. So... I don't know. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's talk about Deshaun Watson real quick. I've got four teams that he could end up on. 
And I think that these are, at this point, the only four teams. But uh, nonetheless, here they are. The first one is Houston. Staying in Houston, they find a way to make things work, at least talk them into giving it a try under the new coach and the new system and new everything there in Houston. They don't want to get rid of Watson you, for good reason. He's a t- I think he's top three quarterback in the league right now. And so um, Houston's going to do everything they can to keep him. And they are going to get a ton in return if they do trade him. The other, the next two teams is the Jets and the Dolphins because where they sit in the draft order. The Jets at number two, the Dolphins at number three. So if they don't want Darnold, um, then they can still get a, a package from the Jets that's good enough to get to, to, to go ahead and ship Watson out because having the number two overall pick uh, there. If they don't want Tua, same thing with Miami. Uh, sitting at number three, that's still you're still going to get either the second or third best quarterback in the draft. And if you studied them out and you really like them, there's that option uh, there as well. And then I think the fourth team is Vegas. I think if they find a way, I think the only way they're getting rid of Carr is that they can replace him with someone they think is better than him, which is either Deshaun Watson or maybe they have their eyes on someone in the draft knowing John Gruden. But Gruden tends to like the veteran guys, guys that he knows what he has in them. And like I said, I, I mean – there are very few teams who would not want Watson. And right now you're talking about Green Bay. You're talking about, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the other teams, but uh, Kansas City, those kinds of teams that have a quarterback and are set. Green Bay already made it clear as L.A. called them about Aaron Rodgers, and they said he's not available. Um, you know, that's as a Packer fan, let me ask you that. As a Packer fan, if the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers – for Deshaun Watson, what would you think about that? Uh, I mean, I would have been shocked just because the way everything comes down. Um, and I, I don't think that would be an, an upgrade at this point. So it has been interesting from a Packers standpoint of listening this week. And when you talk about quarterbacks that could be available, um, at what point does um, the guy Green Bay picked last year does he come into play? And is somebody interested in getting Jordan Love? Um, you know, is somebody that really liked him last year, which was Indianapolis. Um, you know, is somebody going to make a move for that? That would be interesting. Yeah. You know, I've been trying to think about the right person to ask about that, to see if there's been any kind of movement, any kind of talking. Um, you know, you've got teams uh, out there like New England, like Indianapolis, and I think that if the draft class wasn't so strong this year, I think you'd, you'd be hearing more about Jordan Love this year. But with the draft class being as strong as it is, and the Packers' management, they have in the past not been very big on saying, you know, especially when you trade up in the first round for a guy to say, yeah, we'll go ahead and trade him now. Typically, they're going to keep him around for three or four years if they do trade him before they trade him. Otherwise, I still think they're thinking – hey, if Rodgers is here for three or four more years and we still have love sitting back there behind him, then we're still set for the future. If they're, I mean, they're obviously high on him. Um, but I think he could definitely be gotten for the right price at this point. Uh, I just think there's too strong of a draft class for quarterbacks this year for love to get a whole lot of attention. But And I don't think the Packers would give him up for cheap at this point right. still yet waiting on everything there. I think we have calmed uh, down. I think every, for the most part, everybody's calmed down on the Rodgers talk. I feel like Rodgers has made it clear he's not going anywhere. I know the Packers 
uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, Gutekunst, they've all been, they've all said he's not going anywhere. I think overall, all that has calmed down. It'll kick up again after the draft. If they go out and draft a, who knows what, a punter or something in the first round, then, <laughs> then everybody would go, go nuts again. Um, and I want to ask you this too. We've not talked about this. I don't think a whole lot, uh, just personally, I didn't prepare you for this tonight, but the Packers traded up to draft Jordan Love. I don't think they should have done that. Um, for the most part, the national media says they should have drafted a wide receiver. I disagree with that. Um, what do you think they should have drafted in the first round last year as opposed to Jordan Love? Not necessarily the person, unless you have a person in mind, uh, but uh, a position or, or, or what from there? Um, as far as position is concerned, um, it would have been linebacker or defensive line. And everybody thought they were, even when they traded up, we were going to take a linebacker, um, the kid from what LSU. Patrick Queen from LSU, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it looks like that would have been, that would have been real good and been real helpful um, from there. Again, you know, the Packers have said a lot this week about Jordan Love and they like to develop quarterbacks and they talk about, you know, Mark Brunel and people. So, you know, who knows? I mean, it may turn out to be a good thing down the line. And when you look at the results this year, you know, you can't say that it crippled them. Um, but, um, yeah, I would think defense. I think, you know, linebacker and defensive line. I think now that they're looking for a new defensive coordinator, you kind of wait and see who they get. And that'll tell you a little bit more about exactly where they have a strong need. But, um, I mean, I think that would have been a help. Um, you know, when you look at wide receivers, um, especially at draft time, I think you thought, well, yeah, it probably was all right to pass on that. Uh, if I remember right, though, um, I forget his name right now, but the guy at Kansas City uh, or at Cincinnati. Um, yeah, he was available and mm -hmm. he had quite the year. So, you know, if you look, well, boy, could you add at him? Uh, yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, I think overall, from the outside view, I could see where you would say they need a wide receiver. But from, from us as Packer fans and who know the team and the roster well, you know, wide receiver, I wasn't worried about the wide receivers this year. Right. Alan Lazard, um, you know, Rodgers really liked him. Uh, uh, MVS, now he still dropped way too many balls this year, but he showed that he can get separation and get open down the field. Um, EQ had some good games. Um, I'm forgetting one of the receivers. But nonetheless, I wasn't too concerned about that. Uh, Patrick Queen, I don't know why they didn't draft him. Uh, now, they ended up getting a couple young guys that played big roles for him this year, and they did okay. Middle linebacker, they held, they held their own. You looked at the the last game of the season, you'd say, boy, they should have gotten a cornerback. Uh, Kevin King kind of blew it, but um, that's that's in hindsight. I looked at the players that were available. I did this a couple weeks ago, but looked at the players that were available at that time, and to me, the ones that made sense, there was three of them, Patrick Queen, linebacker LSU, then there were two receivers, uh, T. Higgins, who I was a huge fan of coming out of college, uh, and uh, he ended up going to Cincinnati. And then uh, the guy Jacksonville got, LaVisca Chenault, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right or not, but he has that all-around athletic ability, the guy that you could give the ball to in the backfield, those kinds of things. And he had a pretty good season, uh, generally speaking, for Jacksonville, but I think you put him in an offense with Rodgers, he would have been a lot better. Um, those, those would have been playmakers and things like that. But as far as that goes, I don't think there was a ton of defensive linemen that had great years this year. 
that they could have drafted or, or even uh, other linebackers at that time, cornerbacks, things like that, that had great years that were um, expected to go in that general range. And so it is what it is at the end of the day. And you wonder if that draft pick may have cost them a chance at the Super Bowl, though, to have a player that could have contributed as opposed to a player that was the third string quarterback all season long. Boy, that's hard to stomach uh, at some point. But we'll talk about the Packers another day in their offseason. we got a lot of um, player movement that's going to be going on and, and big time uh, players from this year's team that may not even be back with the team next year. But nonetheless, that's all for another day. I want to tell you about a couple things coming up. Uh, first of all, on Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday, we're recording on a Wednesday evening. At 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be joining uh, Around for the Weekend. It's a uh, podcast. It'll be live on Twitter, and you can find it at, um, at BellyUpAFTW. It's Around for the Weekend, Belly Up AFTW, and I'll be on at 11 o'clock breaking down and preparing for the Super Bowl. Uh, there and looking forward to being a guest on that show Saturday morning. Then we've got some exciting things going on with guests. We've got a huge February. So our last podcast, we had the commissioner for the ASUN conference. It was a wonderful conversation, very insightful, very thoughtful. Uh, Dad, you got to listen to that. Um, if the people didn't listen to that uh, interview with Ted Gumbert, uh, what would be a good reason for them to go go listen to that podcast? Um like I said, it was very insightful. He was very open. Um, and, um, you know, he, he talked about, you know, again, the ASUN conference, when you look at them, you know, how are they going to get to be competitive? And he was very honest about, you know, decisions being made, even with the NCAA. You know, you, you want to say, well, it's not about the money, but you have to look at what's, um, and I thought he was very open about that. Um, I thought he was very sincere about wanting to keep people safe. Um, I, th I think that was true. Um, but I think everything else, he was very open about what you have to do. Um, again, you know, I didn't know all that much about the A-Sun. I do know some of the teams that are in it. And um, it looks like they're trying to build that, whether they'll be successful or not. I don't know. Um, for a conference to be successful, I think you do have to have football and they've added some good football schools or some football schools for sure. Um, and if they hold Liberty, that's a team, you know, that's real good and getting better. Um, so it sounded like they had a, a good uh, plan. I think Eastern Kentucky, the team, they did need to add the right teams and it looks like they've done that. Um, and they've appealed in the right way. I read a little bit on the Eastern Kentucky side and their deal was, you know, it gives us a footprint in states that we're not normally in. And I think the ASUN does offer that by having a wide variety um, in different areas, um, you know, that they can be attractive to schools from there. He was just very, very good, very good, very well-spoken and kept your interest and um, moved right along, and uh, it was really good to listen to. I was surprised by how just conversationally was and very willing to talk about the nitty-gritty stuff that goes on and that didn't hide the fact about the money and didn't hide the fact about football being important, even though currently they don't have football in the conference. They're working towards that again. And uh, yeah, it's a great interview. So Ted Gumbert, we've already had him. He was our first guest in February. On February the 18th, I'll be recording – 
um, a short interview, but an interview nonetheless with Indiana University head football coach Tom Allen. And really excited about this, an opportunity to talk with him. They had a great season before the college football season started. I, I was all in on Indiana. Didn't expect them to be as good as they were this year, but still thought they were going to be much improved, and sure enough, they were. So Tom Allen will be joining us. That will be recorded on Thursday, February the 18th, and out later in that afternoon. And then towards the end of the month, we don't have the date set yet uh, for sure, uh, which which day we're doing it, but we'll be interviewing uh, – um, Jack McMullen, McCollum, excuse me, Jack McCollum, uh, who was a former Sports Illustrated writer. He traveled with the Dream Team, covered the Dream Team. He also was in Phoenix during the seven seconds or less years. He's the one that wrote the book, Seven Seconds or Less. He wrote a book about the Dream Team and has a podcast out about the Dream Team. He's currently recording a new podcast. We'll talk about that when he's on. Uh, but Jack McCollum as well is going to be on with us. So we've got a great February lined up. Um, Dad will be on with us some more this month. We've got some other um, fellow Belly Up uh, podcasters that are going to hopefully be joining us for some different conversations as well. So a lot of things going on with the podcast, um, and uh, it's been a great start to the year. I'm looking forward to what's ahead. I want to remind everybody, uh, Blue Coolers, we'll have the link for them in the podcast notes, and Skull Candy link for them in the podcast notes as well. Please go take a look at them. And uh, and purchase uh, if you can, if you're looking for a gift, if you're looking for a new cooler, if you're looking for some earbuds, whatever it is, um, if you'll shop through that link, we'll surely appreciate it and uh, continue to support the podcast and everything that's going on there. All right, Dad, last thing, Super Bowl Sunday, what do you think the final score is going to be Kansas City, Tampa Bay? Um, let's go... 38-27, Kansas City. I like it. I like it. I think that's right where you're looking at. I think Kansas City is going to be hitting that 40 range somewhere in there as well. I said last question, but I'm going to add one more on here. The over-under for rushing yards for Tom Brady is set at .5 yards. <laughs> this is a prop bet right now for the Super Bowl. Is Tom Brady going to run for more than .5 yards in the Super Bowl? No, there wouldn't be any reason to think so, no. Oh, man, I think one quarterback sneak and he's there. But then he takes the knee and he goes backwards. So who knows? Who knows what happens? Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how all that shakes out. Looking forward to the weekend. Dad, thanks for being on with us uh, again tonight. And everybody else, thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter at Sports Stove. We're on YouTube at the Sports Stove Pod. Uh, we're also on Instagram, but not super active there. So, so keep up with us on Twitter and on YouTube. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you go visit our sponsors, Blue Coolers, Skull Candy, and BellyUpSports.com for articles and other things going on there as well. Thank you for listening today. And until next time, we will see you around the sports stove.